from Reminder Media, this is Stay Paid, a sales and marketing podcast on a mission to help you close more deals and retain more business. Hosted by the VP of Marketing, Josh Stake, and Reminder Media's president, Luke Akery. So get ready to hear the golden nuggets that will allow you to live a life of freedom tomorrow, but only if you take action today. Luke, how are the phones? This, uh, let, me, let me take a drink real quick. Look, while Luke's taking a drink, mm-hmm. we've heard Luke's journey go from working on the business, right, kind of yeah, leading the charge. <laughs> then you were, then you're, then you're back in the business doing accounting. Yeah. Then you, then you got you know back I to working. I never took an accounting class in college. I never took a single accounting class in college. But when you were forced into accounting for a multi-million-dollar <laughs> company, you learn debits and credits real fast, baby. You just get in there and you're just like accounts receivable, accounts payable. Got it. <laughs> and now you're back on the phone. Yeah, now back on the phone. So now what's so good? I had to close today. So I did the webinar the other week yeah, yeah. and called this lady and had a close It's, it's a really great webinar, just kind of a quick yes. plug here. Plug, if you're on our email list, sign blush. up for our email list. We're going to get an uh, invite to the webinar to you guys because it's not, obviously we have a product here at Reminder Media, but this is about what top producers are doing to drive success. This is not our opinion. These are statistics. This is saying, look, the people that are making $150,000 more in their real estate career, in their financial advisor, whatever career they're in service-based, mm-hmm. these are the things that these people are doing. So join our email list. We'll send you an invite to that webinar. Yep. But go ahead. It was. It's just interesting because, like Lily and Lily, thank you much, so much for joining. You know the program, but you know calling Lily, she listened to like almost the whole webinar. I think she was on the webinar for about an hour and fifteen yeah, like minutes. Like ninety nine point one percent. Yeah, she listened to like the whole webinar, and so, but she didn't sign up. Yeah. And so then I call her, and this is just a testament to sales and kind of the process of sales. I call her right, and I probably have a. 20 minute call with her and I and I pitch her and, and go in to get her to do it and she says at first she kind of pushes me off wait you're asking for my billing information and all that good stuff and then she gives me the kind of the objection of you know hey I don't think my client I'm not sure my clients would like it right um, and so you know as I'm walking her through and then I in our way of overcoming that is you know basically look that's why we offer a trial mm-hmm. um, it's because I could sit here tell I'm blue in the face and tell you that your clients are going to love it, but yeah. I, I, that's not what I'm about. I Try can give you, yeah, I can give you what our experiences of our past clients have been, and I can give you our statistics. But that's why we offer you to try it, so you can see what your clients think. So I overcome that objection and all that good stuff, and then she then gives me the objection of I don't want to give you my credit card over the phone, which right. is fair. This is why you have to have online sign up, people. <laughs> so I give her the online sign up. I said, and I go, hey, I'll wait for I'll wait for you to put it in. <laughs> So I could see it come through, and she was laughing. She was awesome. But the point in sales that I would make to people, yeah. she listened to an hour, 20-minute webinar, did not sign up. Yep. If I would not have picked up that phone and called behind all my – like yep. these people, too, I also want to give this information. When we do our webinar, we're not asking them to put in their phone numbers. We go and find – their phone numbers. Now, we're lucky because we work in the real estate industry and the insurance mm-hmm. agent. We go and find their phone numbers because they haven't listed on their sites yep. and their email addresses, and, yep. and we clean that data, and then we call them and reach out, and it's super simple. But if I would not have done that, we'd never gotten Lily. Yeah. And Lily wants to do this. Yeah. Lily's so, going to do this for 2020. that like we've gone from it's safer to put your credit card online though, mm-hmm. than giving it out over the phone, which I get it. You don't want to give your phone number to yeah. someone that you're not sure 
but it's just no, so I told funny. her for sure. I told her I wouldn't want her to feel pressure at all and no risk. Here, here's a website. Go there. I'll wait for you. <laughs> well, today's guest is an expert in both of those things, both connecting and selling. Adam Weiss is a sales expert with a passion for helping teams achieve their full potential with a hunger to see people win big. Adam has built multiple multi-million dollar sales teams while personally hiring and training over 150 sales professionals. Whew. His bold coaching style and extreme work ethic has allowed him to lead from the front and show his teams what it takes to be the highest performing versions of themselves. Adam, welcome to the podcast. Happy to be here. Yeah, Adam, it's great and, to uh, have look, you on. Looking man. forward to it. Yeah, and I think we yeah. connected over Instagram, right? That's how we yeah, yeah. first connect. I just love pointing that out to yep. the audience. It just shows you that, you know, times are changing. It doesn't mean that, you know, print is dead or telephone's dead or anything like that. It's just there's so many ways that you can connect and build relationships with people. And there are so many people we've had on the podcast where we've literally started the relationship over Instagram where we're following each Instagram, other, we're LinkedIn. reaching out to each yep. other. It just gives such an easy way to connect with people. But go ahead and introduce yourself to the audience because I want you to share your journey of you know how did you come to the place you're at today? How have you gotten into a spot where you actually can train salespeople and how sales has yeah. really affected you and changed your life? So go ahead and you know give us the 30,000 foot view. I, I originally was not in sales. I Right out of high school, I joined a, uh, a plumbers and pipe fitters union. Um, <laughs> I started out, yeah, I started out welding, um, welding and like flushing out sewage lines and fun stuff like that. And uh, I I wrestled in high school, um, ended up breaking my back. Oh, so wow. The, the, yeah, so the, the whole like college route of, you know, I, I planned on doing like sports collegiately and um, wanted to, you know, go to college and, and wrestle and play sports and stuff. And I ended up having that taken away, broke my back, had to have back surgery. So I found myself at the end of high school um, with all of my plans that I had been planning over the last several years come to a, a screeching halt. And I was like, well, now, now what am I going to do? Because I, I need money and I don't know, you know, I, I lived in Wichita, Kansas in like a small suburb. So I'm like, there's not like booming opportunities everywhere. So what am I going to do? So I, I joined a plumbers and pipe fitters union, um, learned that trade for about two, two and a half years. And... I just, I was looking around and I was like, this is not for me because I saw the guys around me, you know, who were 20, 30, 40 years ahead of me in life, um, who were still complaining about money, who were, you know, physically crippled and constantly in pain. And I was like, dude, this life ain't for me. Um, I was like, I, I was, I don't know what I was made to do, but it sure as heck isn't this. <laughs> and so I ended up leaving the plumbers and pipefitters union and, uh, started selling insurance for Farm Bureau, um, and what I made did that you want like to jump three... into insurance? Like that just seems such a Dude. big jump from being like in the plumbers yeah. and welders union or whatever yeah. to that. So, so at this point, I, I was in like small town America, and when I thought of sales, I only knew two types of sales: insurance and cars. Gotcha. And I was like, I don't want to sell. Ca I don't want to sell cars. Right. So the first place I, I literally just started applying to places, and the first place that hired me was. a was, uh, was an insurance agent. He's like, I'll give you a shot. Mm. So I started doing that. Um, I was there for like 90 days. I uh, got into some other sales arenas, got into marketing. Um, I was working for a big multi-billion dollar company. I uh, became the top performer there and was there for about two years uh, before making the transition back to Miami um, where I got back into finance. And so um, I got my first VP job when I was 24, 24, wow. I think. Uh, 24, 25. And, you know, I, I kind of found myself in a, 
in a weird position where I was, you know, younger than a lot of the people that I was managing and they were looking to me to be the example, but I was, you know, five, six, 10, 20 years younger, 30 years younger than some of these guys. And I was now, you know, dropped in and they're like, this is your new boss. And so I had to learn really quickly what it take, what it took in the, you know, in like the management arena to, to really be a leader versus a manager, to have people that have been doing something much longer than you mm. uh, still turn to you and respect what you have to say and properly be able to coach them. And so I was uh, I, I was in finance here in Miami. I worked for a big funding company. Did I was there for like 18 months and helped them go from about one and a half million to about five and a half million dollars a month in sales. And uh, then last year helped launch a recruitment company. Um, we built that to, from zero to 4 million in our first 12, 12 or 13 months. And then I left corporate America in, uh, in March Dang. went on my own. And, and that's when the journey really began. How, how yeah. does that feel, man? Being on your own, like jumping out into the entrepreneurial journey. It's, it's amazing. I mean, obviously it comes with its own new set of challenges. Um, it's not any harder, nor is it easier than, than being, you know, in sales for somebody else. It's just different challenges. Um, it's just different things that you have to learn. Like I spent so long uh, honing in on my craft of sales and thank God I, I became like a student of sales and success and, and read a lot of books and like put good stuff in for years prior to doing this. So I felt somewhat prepared when I, when I made the leap. Um, but you know, it comes with its own, with its own challenges. You know, there's a lot of things you have to learn. So walk the audience through kind of what are you doing now? Like what's the, the kind of, yeah you know, value proposition of your company and organization and what yep. are you trying to accomplish? Uh, we help fund the growth of America's small and medium-sized business. So I'm doing the same thing I was doing uh, several years back, but I realized that there was a big gap in the industry. Um, within this industry, there's also a lot, like there's a huge lack of integrity with a lot of the way things are handled. And mm -hmm. so I realized from, from, from like an employee standpoint, there was only so much I could do. Like, it's, it's easy to impact a company from a, you know, as an employee, but it's really hard to impact an industry as an employee. So I realized that the only way to really impact something bigger was to do it, to do it on my own, to start my own company and start from ground zero, building out something, uh, the way that I know it should be done. Um, you know, that's the most profitable for my sales team, but also what's best for the clients who are consistently, uh, taken advantage of. So. So yeah, so now we work in the funding space. We, you know, we, we work as a business broker between lending companies and business owners that are looking to grow and expand and, and need additional capital. Gotcha. Now I'm curious because the number one question that we get from, you know, our audience is when they are, you know, obviously every real estate agent is a small business owner, insurance agent, you're a small business owner, like you're in business. Yeah, you might be under a brokerage, but you're in business really trying to generate leads for yourself. And the number one question we get yep. all the time is, hey, when you start a business, when you branch out on your own, you know, how are you going about generating leads and what has your kind of success rate been? Where are the avenues, the, the tools and weapons that you're using to generate leads? And then how do you measure those kind of what's the funnel that you've created for yourself to close these deals? So if, if I look back at across my sales career, one of the things that I that I took more seriously than anybody was always focusing on the top of the funnel. There were there were always people that were better closers than me, that were better negotiators than me. There was there's people who had been doing something longer than me, but the one thing that nobody ever had bigger than me was a bigger pipeline. So I got really good at filling the top of my funnel. So I naturally just outperformed everybody because the top of my funnel was always so full. And How I focused on do doing that? that by, 
like how, yeah, so how I did you feel on like doing that? that? Yeah, so I, I did that a lot of times through social media. Uh, specifically, LinkedIn is something okay. that I've I've like really honed in on over the last like four or five years. Um, I don't know how much I've closed off LinkedIn, but probably. I don't know, probably like close to eight figures. Holy um, crap, total, man. total, total sales, uh, close through LinkedIn and just probably thousands, uh, at least like a couple thousand leads. Wow. Um, a lot, a lot of business has been generated through my LinkedIn. So that's, that's one big avenue. Um, obviously the, the phone is a, is another great avenue, uh, picking up the phone and, and calling people. Um, but I look at lead generation in kind of a unique fashion because I think that a lot of people, there's people that dive all in on social media and there's people that dive in all in on cold calling. And I think there's got to be like a, a good mix of the two. Amen. Because, I agree. Yep. yeah. So, so I always have like really good social stuff going on that I'm trying to generate leads through, whether, you know, whether it be uh, Instagram or LinkedIn or Facebook or wherever those leads are at. And then there's like the second component, which is picking up the phone and mastering the skill of being able to communicate and generate leads through the phone. And so even today, the guys that work, with me now, um, you know, they've got their, their time split between a lot of times in the morning, they're on social media hunting and, and, uh, and booking appointments. And then in the afternoon, we're getting on the phone with those appointments, following up, uh, normally have a couple hour block of cold calling and really like mixing the two together. So what does your funnel look like? You said like you're, you've got the top of the funnel, which is, yep. are these inquiries coming in? Are these people that you've just located on LinkedIn that have responded back to you? Like, what does that top of funnel qualify as for you? And then what's the path for someone to move further down? Uh, the top of our funnel is somebody that's generally looking, they've got some sort of interest in growing or expanding their business. Um, so that, that top of like that lead, um, we have to, we do one of two things. Either we have to try to provoke somebody to come to us, or we have to go out to them and generate some interest to where they want to have a conversation. So if we're talking uh, like LinkedIn or Instagram, uh, we have certain hashtags that we follow that we go hunt through, um, certain companies that we that we follow that we um, monitor the activity on their accounts um, and and see who's you know who's inquiring who's who's they got call that uh, social stalking know, folks. <laughs> yeah, so, so, <laughs> they do actually, but it works. They do. And you know, so so yeah, so we we've got we've got a lot of different things we do on social, but one of the one of the big things is we we search different hashtags and we find different um, different pockets of people. Because within social, if you the the longer you, you like really study study social, especially LinkedIn and, and Instagram and Facebook, you find that there's pockets of people hidden everywhere. Hmm. Uh, the hardest part is finding where those pockets of people that that can buy from you are hiding. So on LinkedIn, you've got uh, certain LinkedIn groups. Um, there's a lot of groups that have great opportunities for you to be able to find a niche of people that you could sell to or that could connect you with people that you could sell to. So what, what are um, the steps? Just finding, yeah, what are the steps for finding that yeah. group? Like, walk someone through. If, yeah. If, if you're in, so, if you're in, so for, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. yeah. So first, you got to identify who who your target person is that that you're looking for. Are you looking for a referral partner? Are you looking for somebody that can actually be a client? Right. Um, both those are valuable, but in order to find the right group, you got to know which one of those you're targeting. So on LinkedIn, you can go and you can search uh, different topics. Um, if you if you're looking for a sales group, you can literally go type sales, and then there's an option to click groups. Hmm. You can click groups and uh, and go through and see all the different groups. You can follow uh, or join like 30 or 40 or 50 groups at a time. Uh, you can be involved in a lot of them, and you can go in and, and post and see comments and see people's inquiries. And some of these groups have you know thousands and thousands of comments and activity and stuff in it. 
Um, it's the same thing on Facebook. Facebook groups are another another great avenue. Do you find um, you yourself in the group? Are you engaging like constantly every day? So your guys that are you know working for you now, kind of generating, are you guys like engaging every day? Do you have like a because I'm curious for myself, because I've never, you know, yeah. I know we have thought about groups mm-hmm. before for our own social media. We haven't really leveraged it probably the way we should. Like, how often would you say we should be engaging with people in the group? Like, what does it look like for your team? You've got engagement by posting, and you've got engagement by, you know, by, like, directly reaching out to people. Mm-hmm. We do a lot more directly reaching out to people than we do specific, like, content creation. Okay. Um We've just found that it has a it has a better ROI. Obviously, you want to have the content creation so you can, you know, so you can get known and people can see you and follow you, and you've got some sort of like social credibility. But a lot of our a lot of our social interaction comes through uh, finding targeted leads or targeted referral partners and DMing those people um, and getting directly in their inbox. Look, you're listening to this podcast, which means you know that your business needs to be on social media, but simply being on social media isn't going to get you sales. You need to be deliberate about what, when, and where you post. To learn how to get the most out of your social media campaigns, check out our ebook, The Relationship Marketer's Guide to Social Media Success. You can download it for free at ReminderMedia.com slash social success. That's ReminderMedia.com slash social success. Take action on this today. What is your DM like? I'm kind of prying selfishly for myself. What is yeah. your, what does your DM sure. look like? Like, what does that message look like? You know, I like like no offense to the people if they listen to the podcast and they friended <laughs> me today on LinkedIn, but I've probably had four messages so in they, the last like the, the last like twenty four hours that yeah. have just like and they try to be like one guy's message was. You know, Luke, I don't find it best to pitch my stuff first. I like to listen and learn about the other person. Tell me about what you do. And I'm just like, dude, I don't even know you. Like, I don't want to go out of my yeah. way to tell you what I do. Like, it's just that, you know, there's so many people trying so many different tricks to DM you to get your attention. What have you yeah. found has worked? The trick is just to find it. Find good things to talk about. Like, do your research. The problem is that most people try to do it the lazy way instead of the right way. Copy paste. And they don't, the lazy way doesn't pay. Because the lazy mm, way that's, is you that's just a great find hashtag people right there. And, <laughs> yeah, the lazy way doesn't pay. Yeah, golden because nugget, the, ladies the lazy, and gentlemen. The la- yeah, the lazy way is you just have a copy and paste message that you blast out to everybody. And the problem is that it's generic and nobody cares. Because right. if you're talking to people that don't know you, um, they they have to have some sort of uh, – you have to have some sort of common ground with that person before you can take the conversation to what you really want to talk about. Mm. Um, one of my favorite like phrases that I beat into my sales guys all the time is – you can't take a conversation to higher ground until you've established common ground. Mm. So until you have like some that. sort yeah, of, I love that man. Yeah, I'm going tomorrow at my until, sales meeting. I'm like, team, <laughs> I got a message for you. <laughs> <laughs> this is I, coming I, directly I came, from the kid. Yeah, I came up with this last <laughs> night when I was in my bed. You can't go to higher ground until you find common ground. That's awesome, man. Yeah. I love that. That's really yeah. good. Yeah, dude, but but so many people out there are just trying to, you know, they're trying to find like these, they're trying to find the tricks and the gimmicks instead of just remembering that people make emotional decisions. And when you send somebody a message, yeah. they get an emotion. Is that emotion, is that emotion frustrated? Is that emotion thankful? Is that emotion excited about, you know, what they could, what you could bring to the table? That's a great And the problem is that most people's message, most people's message when it's sent, the person reading that message doesn't feel the way that they need to feel for that person to get a sale from it. 
And so I think of everything from like the emotional standpoint, like when I'm sending a message, what sort of emotional triggers does it trigger? Does it, does it give the impression that I actually like care about their business that I actually care about them? Um, does it seem pitchy? Does it seem like I've got an ulterior motive? Um, you know, cause most, most people in their messaging, like the two biggest mistakes I see when people are DMing, uh, whether it's LinkedIn or Instagram or Facebook, um, the first message is either they come off just overly pitchy, um, and they're just trying to shove something down their prospect's throat, which always turns them off. Or the second is they try to come off overly not pitchy right. and act like they're trying to hide something, which also throws red flags because it, de- it decreases the trust that they have in you. Right. And if people don't trust you, then they're not going to reply. So you've got to have that happy medium of like, um, here's what, you know, here, here's why I'm reaching out. Here's what I think, uh, you know, here's what I'm interested in talking with you about. And at the end of the day, you know, if, if you're interested in, in having a conversation and maybe, you know, developing some sort of relationship where we can help each other out, um, I'd love to jump on the phone and have a quick conversation. You know, what's your calendar look like? And so it's a very, very non-abrasive, uh, approach that kind of finds the happy medium there between, you know, I'm not trying to shove something down your throat, but at the end of the day, I do want to let you know, like, here, here's the motive of, me reaching out. Yeah, you're not trying um, to hide your intention. Like I think this, this applies yeah. to both on you know social selling when you're reaching out through DMs and trying to message people and also on the phone is you want to state your intention very clearly. And, and I call it like circling the ra- wagons. I was coaching one of my reps that's newer into the company just yesterday. And I said, man, you're an incredible engager. You're talking to everybody, but you're like, you're circling the wagon and they know you're circling the wagon and you just got to go in. Like you gotta, you gotta yeah, go in like and dance around yeah, the point. Yeah, yeah, don't stop dancing around the points. Tell them like it is. Tell them you want to earn their business. They appreciate that. Yeah. They want to know yep. that. They don't want to feel like they're being manipulated into something. Another great point that I think you have mentioned in, in kind of your process is some of the best things you can do in marketing is putting yourself in the context of the person who is receiving your product, like a good audit for everybody to do for, you know, if you're a real estate agent listening to this insurance agent, if you receive the marketing that you're sending to your clients right now, how would that make you feel? Mm -hmm. Like if you received it from another company, from a car dealership company, from an insurance company, how would that make you feel? And most people don't think the way you do. That's probably why you're successful. They don't put themselves in the shoes of the, the emotion that's being triggered, how that makes that other person feel, it's kind of all in like, what am I trying to get out of it? Mm-hmm. So just that one little audit is so valuable. It's like, hey, what, how would I feel if my insurance agent sent me what I just sent my clients? Yeah. How would that make me feel? Have you, 100%. Adam, have you seen it from like, have, I almost want to say like, we say sales is a number game, marketing is almost a numbers game. You kind of, like the copy, paste, batch and blast, it certainly takes less time. Have you tested yeah. that sort of against this more That's research point, driven yeah. one-to-one and you've, yeah. and the one-to-one always wins out. I just kind of see the way you're nodding. Yeah. <laughs> I had to learn the hard way by, by being that person that was copy and pasting um, several years ago and learning that it doesn't work. Yeah. Um, Cause what it, what it leads to is a lot of frustration. Um, Cause I was, I was sending tons and tons of messages, but I wasn't getting the return on it that I thought I should be. And I'm like, dude, what's going on here? Like I've got, I've got high activity and that's why I always have a problem. Like there's a lot of people and it's kind of like the buzzword nowadays in sales, like just massive action, massive action, which is a big, is it's a big component, but by itself means nothing because there's, there's strategy and there's execution and high, high uh, execution with crappy strategy doesn't work. 
And what I realized was I was sending out just tons of messages and I wasn't getting anything in return or very little. And so I was spending all this time on social um, and I kind of put cold calling and put, put the phone on the back burner, focused solely on, on social lead gen. And I was, my pipeline was drying up and it just leads to frustration. Yeah. And the drier your pipeline is, the more desperate you get, the more desperate you get, the, the less leads you get. Yep. So it's like this perpetuating cycle that people get caught in when that's why you see a lot of, a lot of times when somebody hits like the level of being like an underperformer within a company, it's very, very rare that I've seen somebody go from an underperformer back to a top performer. Most of the time what happens to that person is they fizzle out and go get another job to where so hopefully true. they can become the top performer where hopefully they can become the top performer there. And when they don't, they fizzle out and go get another job. Yeah. And the, re the reason being is because they get caught in that perpetual cycle of frustration and they start to resent the product or the company or the training or their manager simply because their strategy's off and they're not getting a result now and their pipeline dries up and it's easier to just go on to the next Man, thing. So good. I've experienced that same thing. I've, I've literally experienced that exact same thing in our own company. It's very interesting. Yeah. And so that's why it's like when you look at the Tony Robbins of the world and, and Ed Milet's and these big time guys, so much of what they talk about is mindset because if your mind is yeah. not in a good place, it, you know, it doesn't matter because you, you just won't be able to, you know, the, you won't be able to think straight. And you won't be able to overcome the mental roadblocks. And that's why so much of what you do is mindset. You know, I'm curious how many emails or DMs, as you call it, you know, that you're doing, like how often are you reaching out to people on LinkedIn? Because I'm thinking to myself practically, okay, I want to go implement this yeah. in my business. So I want to pull up LinkedIn every day. I want to start the DM. I want to get in these groups. How often would you recommend I should be reaching out to people, following up with people? Like, what's that funnel look like, part of the funnel look like? Yeah, so what we found works is in the morning, we do a lot of social. Then in the afternoon, we do a lot of phone. Okay. Um, we found that the, the amount of people uh, that we get in, like, those mid-morning hours, um, it's, not, it's not as productive for us to put our time there versus trying to book appointments for the afternoon or gotcha. get people that we can get some interest in that we follow up with. So in the morning... We do a lot of uh, a lot of cold prospecting uh, on social, and then you know if we don't get a response from that person, we normally give it a couple of days. You know, we'll give it like three days, and maybe we'll shoot a message back. Okay. Um, you know, and ask ask maybe a probing question or or a question to to try to generate some interest, not a sales question, not trying to like repitch again, but but try try to like probe, like ask him ask him an intelligent question of um, you know of maybe something that's going on or a recent post you saw that they put up or. You know, some a comment you saw they dropped on somebody else's thing, or yep. um, or something. You know, and try, that try works. to like re-engage the conversation. To people is that the things that hook me the most are the legitimate people talking about something that I've posted. Oh, that's but it's I would say a lot yeah. of people now are doing it to you. You probably get it too, but to me. I heard your latest podcast, or yes. I saw you on this video yes. that you you've posted. And those those it's, will always make me read it. Yep. I'm not saying I'm responding, yep. but I'm reading their. But message. it can all, it can work against you because uh, I was talking about the LinkedIn message. Yeah. You guys can tell I get sold stuff all the time. Like I'm constantly getting yeah. sold stuff. But the um, in, and I appreciate the process. I love learning from everybody's process. But like one guy commented just recently on. He read one of my articles on LinkedIn about the Atlanta Falcons quarterback when he lost the Super Bowl against Tom Brady, yeah. and I wrote an article on that. And um, he, but he immediately, what he did was, and this is where it falls apart for people, 
is he used what I said in the Atlanta Falcons quarterback thing to then sell his product. And I was like, oh, dude, you're, you're missing the whole, you're, you're missing yeah. the whole point. If yeah. you would have just complimented yeah. me, because I'm an egomaniac, you know. Right, no. you got to feed the ego. <laughs> I, no, but if you would have just complimented the person and just said, I love it, keep up the great work, I'm so much more apt to reading your next email, your next message, mm -hmm. But instead, you tried to force it together, and it's just like, I, yeah. it's not that I don't appreciate it. It's just like, ah, fell yeah. flat, fell flat for me. That one, that one didn't work for me. And so I, I'm curious, like, how many people are you prospecting today? Like, when your guys, like, yeah. is, it, is it 50 new sources a day? Is it, like, do you have a number? Like, how many new people are you trying to get into the pipeline every day from the social selling? Yeah, we've got, like, a couple different tiers. We've got um, our hottest prospects that we can get are ones that we find from it's not bad, but it's ones we find from other posts that people are commenting on where they're inquiring about a service similar to ours. Gotcha. Um, and so those are like the hottest prospects. So there's only, there's a limited number of those that you can contact a day though. There, there's not like overwhelming amounts of leads of those. So those are the first, but then second, we, we go after, um, you know, the, the cold DMs and stuff like that. So typically it's, you know, 50 to, okay. you know, 50, 60, 70 a day. Okay, good. Um, but we go for quali quality over quality over quantity. You know, it's now, uh, quality over quantity. Do you track your ratio of for every 50 or every 300 DMs we do, we usually get one appointment and our appointments close at this? Like, uh, have you made it there in your progression of your business, like tracking that? We're so new right now that that's one of the that's one of the ratios I'm trying to trying to like get a good grasp on. Yep. Um, it's easier to track your call numbers and stuff than it is to track the social. Um, just because you know I, I don't have everybody's social login. You know, it's not like it's not like I can integrate their LinkedIn with our CRM. Right. Um, so it's it's harder to it's harder to track. Can I? You have to have some sort of like accountability with, with people on it. Um, but at the end of the day, I've been doing it long enough that I I know the kind of messages we send and I know what the ROI on that message should be. So I can look at somebody's results and tell whether they're putting in the effort towards that or not. Um, because if they're following the process that I give them and they're following um, the way that we prospect, they're following the, the message uh, threads that we should be sending out, then I know roughly how many leads they should be generating with that. Um, and a lot of times it surpasses the leads that we get, you know, via cold calling. Sure. Um, but it's I so love cold hard. calling because it keeps you sharp. So. Yeah, well, it's it's so hard with the. I, I'm with you. It's like the intangible stuff. It's like because we do a ton of work. Everybody knows in this room we do a ton of work. Like this podcast is part of our branding. Like what's the ROI of this yep. podcast? I mean, it is so hard to tell, right? And it's like, and we're not doing it purely. Everybody knows purely from a, we have to close deals from us generating a podcast. But we want it to help yeah. our brand and we want it to help our company just like everybody would who does a, a podcast. So it's really hard. Some of these things you have to measure based upon it's I kind of always use like the McDonald's, you know, when they run a commercial, sometimes they have direct things in that commercial. And, and as technology and advertising has advanced, most commercials now are trying to get more direct with specific landing pages so they can track and call to actions. But still, I, you know, they're looking at their monthly sales. And they're going, did yeah. sales rise when we did these type of actions, these type of brand, these type of billboards, right? Did sales rise? Yeah. And if they didn't, you know, making the call. And a lot of times you're not making the call based upon just a month. 
campaign. A lot of times right. you're running that longer. Quarter, yeah. But it is a struggle because I was just curious if you had gotten to that point. It's a struggle yeah. knowing at what point are you just making an excuse for yourself from a branding standpoint. And that's yeah. usually driven by the bottom line. That's usually driven by the bottom line. It's how we judge it here. Yeah. We basically go, hey, are we making money? We are? Okay, we'll keep, we'll keep <laughs> yep. going. What tools are you using for LinkedIn, Adam? Do you have, I know, are you using like Sales Navigator or are there other tools that you're using that the audience should kind yeah. of know that's available? We use a, a tool called Lucia, L-U-S-H-A. Um, it's a small subscription, but it's, it's a good way to be able to generate um, contact information. Um, hmm. It's kind of like a discover org type okay. yeah, thing, nice. but yeah. much, 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 much cheaper. You don't get the in-depth event. You don't get like the, uh, uh, the depth of information, like, organization charts and stuff like that, but you get specific contact info and, and it, it integrates directly with LinkedIn, which is cool. Nice. So whenever you go to somebody's page, um, it like, I don't know what it does. That's it searches great. the black, the black web or what, but when you go to somebody's <laughs> contact page and if there's, if, if that person has a phone number anywhere, like, It'll find like it. literally anywhere, it shows you the phone number. And the Dude, that's awesome. What is it called again? Lucia? Um, it shows you a scan of the white yeah, pages. Lucia. From the phone yeah. Lucia. L-U-S-H-A. Awesome. Yeah. Lucia. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. There's some other cool prospecting tools, um, you know, with with LinkedIn that that I've used a lot. Uh, one of them is Leonard. Um, it's a good like uh, follow up prospecting tool. Okay. Um, there's another one called Madeline that that helps with scheduling posts out, um, so you can schedule your posts out for the week and stuff on LinkedIn. Nice. Um, kind of works like a Hootsuite does for okay. for Facebook and stuff. So, um, yeah. So those those are most awesome. of the tools we use. Real, I mean, before we kind of get to maybe our last couple questions, what about Instagram? Because we spend a lot of time talking about LinkedIn, but you also coach, yeah. and you mentioned in the yep. beginning, Instagram. Are you seeing the same type of prospect for your business coming from Instagram as LinkedIn? Obviously, there aren't Instagram groups, so you're having to follow based on hashtags. Is that more of the B2C yeah. side, where LinkedIn is the B2B referral partner side? Like, How does that break down for no, you? No, it's, it's just different. So on, on LinkedIn, or on a, on Instagram, we use a lot of, you know, we, we keep an eye out for a lot of like sponsored content, um, you know, specifically from competitors that like to target us, um, which, you know, not gonna lie, it's free, you know, free leads. Free research, yeah, right. sure, so, sure, yeah, it's yeah. like free, free, free leads, free resources. Like, yeah. um, you know, if you want to put me in your, you know, in your prospecting list, more power to you. Um, <laughs> but we do a lot of, a lot of, uh, hash, hashtag searches. So we have certain hashtags that we know, like in our industry, we target a lot of like uh, contractors and HVAC and plumbing and um, you know and restaurants and retail and stuff like that. So we can search uh, like one of my favorite hashtags here is my like hashtag Miami business, mm. which I know that they're a local Miami business and most of the time they're restaurants or retail or mm. contractors something like that. So I'll go through that that hashtag and I'll find a ton of local companies that are literally advertising. I'm a local Miami. That's awesome. Uh, company and we know that companies every business owner wants to grow and expand and if they didn't they wouldn't be a business owner they'd go get a job um <laughs> the reason you go into business is to be able to grow to be That's able to create that financial too. freedom for yourself <laughs> yeah and so so we know that if we find them on there that they're looking to grow and expand so we we try to reach out to them and, and probe a conversation uh to be able to get on the phone Dude, that's so awesome most, that, mostly that, has signs on, that's actually on a great action item for people is literally find the local hashtags of your community, like find the local things that are popular in your community 
and just start following those hashtags and engaging in those hashtags. Yep. Especially if you're a community-based business, a real estate agent, insurance agent. You or want if you're looking your, for partners yeah. in, in the area, you know, obviously you're looking to partner up with it's mortgage, great, lenders, yeah. construction, That's you know, awesome. contractors. So let me ask you this, Adam. Like, you know, I'm a junkie for self-development, I tell everybody. is you know, I'm always curious oh, yeah. to hear people's routines. I'm curious to hear what they have found that has driven success in their life, whether it be the routines or the principles. And I'm curious for you, as you have looked back over your career, I mean, you made VP at such a young age. Now you've started your own business and you're having success there. What are the principles or routines that you have implemented in your business and in your life that you believe has driven success? So when I first got into sales, I was, I was fortunate enough to have, a, to have some mentors around me that, that were extremely harsh about like, my need for self-development. Um, I'm naturally like a very, very type A person. Um, and that, and at the beginning I had like no people skills. So I was just <laughs> incredibly, I was just incredibly brash and steamrolled people. So I had, I had to develop myself a lot to be able to get to the point where, uh, where anybody would even see me worthy of being in a leadership position. So, uh, early on, uh, self-development, specifically books were one thing I ate up, um, for solid four years, four, three, four years straight. I read at least a book a week, wow. um, for, for years, just like literally hundreds and hundreds of books, just just trying to get every information, like every bit of information I could about business and sales and people mm. skills, um, everything from you know books like The Art of Dealing with People, uh, How to Win Friends and Influence People, to you know the obviously the Cardone books, to um, you know to literally everything that I could find that looked like it would help either my people skills, my sales strategy, uh, my business mindset, uh, how to manage my money, how to manage company money, how to how to do all these things that I. That I wasn't even really needing yet, yeah, but it got awesome. me prepared for all the things that I was doing in the future. So, um, books, audios, personal development was was like my saving grace. Um, it's basically where I learned the vast majority of. of well, you said you I've read like four hundred books, yeah. right? I, I don't know the exact number. It's a lot. I, think I saw <laughs> that on your website. Yeah, you literally are a bank account. Like your your brain is a bank account, and you're feeding that bank account. And every bit of yeah. knowledge you put in there. And it's like Grant Cardone says all the time. It's like multimillionaires, they read books not because they want to read a whole book. because they're looking for that million-dollar idea. They're looking for that yeah. golden nugget, as like we like to say on yeah, the right. podcast. They're yeah. looking for that golden yeah. nugget. So tell me, what yeah. advice would you go back and give younger Adam? You know, 10-year-old Adam right now, what would you tell that kid if you could talk to him? If I, if I had to go back that early, I'd, I'd probably tell myself to, to not, not fear the unknown so much because – the, the whole reason I wound up in like the corporate route, um, which for me was I, I loved I loved sales, um, but I I inevitably made decisions a lot of times based on uh, based on what was comfortable, not what was going to be uh, most lucrative, not most lucrative, like most most opportunity. Driven. Yeah, most rewarding. And so if I if I could look back, um, I would honestly tell myself to like not think so much about. Um, about what the current situation of the of that looks like, like take opportunities based off what it's going to do for me two years from now, three years from now, four years from now, um, and be more forward thinking. I'd also tell myself to learn how to manage money better from a from a from an earlier age because I, I found that that was one of the biggest things that held me up early in sales was I was bad with my money. When you're bad with your money, you run yourself into financial pits. When you run yourself into financial pits, your mindset's wrong because when you're selling something. Your mind, how you look at money determines what you think other people are willing to spend. 
And so oh, man, me, me, so have, me having right there. Yeah. yeah. So me having me having money issues when I first started because of that I overspent uh, put me in points of desperation and it changed mindset to where instead of me thinking that everyone has the ability and everybody can buy my product, I started trying to figure out why everyone wouldn't because I couldn't afford it. If I couldn't afford my product, why would somebody else buy it? Mm. And so it, it messed up the way that I thought mm. about my sales process and it just made me sound desperate because I was always chasing dollars instead of chasing relationships and chasing like, you know, the, the, the future of what that client can do for me. And so, yeah. Um, yeah, always comes back to the relationship. That'd be the big thing. No, dude, that, that is actually the best like frame up that I've heard of this idea of like how you view money. I used to tell my callers, you know, I used to envision myself in a high rise in New York city with a Lamborghini. And it was like, it wasn't about the, the material yeah. things. It was about the mindset of like, I am uber yeah. successful because people want to buy from people who are successful. Mm-hmm. And, and I've never yeah. thought about it through the lens of like how you view money. Like if you don't feel you can afford it, you're going to naturally think other people can't afford it. I love that, man. That is yeah. really, really good advice. Really yeah. good advice. Yeah. Well, thanks for being here yep. today, Adam. Uh, let people know where they can find you, connect with you and, and uh, your, your website. On Instagram, it's at Knockout Sales, and on every other social media platform, name's Adam Weiss, W-E-I-S-S. Um, our website uh, is arcapitalpartners.com. Uh, if somebody is looking for some capital or knows somebody that is, um, feel free to check that out. Love but it. It's great being here, guys. And Adam's got some great books. I think they're yeah, available seriously. at theadamweiss.com, right? You got some, some books up there. Nice. Uh, it's knockoutsalesbook.com. All right, we'll make sure to get those links in the show notes for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. To dive deeper into this episode and to get those links, go to staypaidpodcast.com. While there, you can also find the videos for all of our episodes. And if you are interested in helping out the show, there's two ways that you can do that. Two and a half ways. The first way (laughs) is to go rate us five stars over on iTunes and throw up a review this episode's not going to, we'll be at 100 reviews by the time. Easy. We, but we're Easy. two away. But the best way to help out the show is to tell a friend about us and share us on social media. Look, this episode was all about connecting, right? So listen yes. to these stats. Mm. All right, stick with me. Stick Pre- with me, Preach Luke. it. Adam, stick with me. The average days that a person lives, all right, 27,375 days. It's about 75 years old. Wow. Okay. It's been estimated, they've done studies on this, they've estimated that the average person interacts or connects with at least 80,000 people over the course of their life. Okay? Wow. That interesting? Yeah. Now, let's break that down. That's about three people a day or 21 people a week. All we're doing is asking you to tell one. One person out of 21. How easy is that, That's people? 5% that is of the a golden nugget right there. That you meet this week. Math doesn't lie. Yeah. Did, when you said that number, did you see the movie Rent? It's like, something yeah, 27,600. Yeah, man, you knew that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's what it made me pop into my mind. I was like, wait a second. Dude, you're pretty musical. We're doing the musical. Like yeah, yeah, stay paid the musical. If yeah. you would like to get hold of me or Luke, you can email us at podcast at remindermedia.com or follow us at Instagram. We're at Stay Paid Podcast. Head on over there. You'll see my Napoleon Dynamite dance moves while you're yes. at it. You got the singing on the podcast and the dance moves on the gram. Mm-hmm. For this episode of Stay Paid, I'm Joshua Stike. Guys, and I'm Luke Acri, and I'm going to close with this. I think the action item you know, is pretty simple, but I think it will really, really change your business. When he talks about getting on LinkedIn every day and outreaching to 50 to 60 to 70 new people, 
Just think, you, you talk about 27,000 days, right? 27,000 days. Days, right? If you did that for 27,000 days, just do that for 100 days. The amount of people that you would add to your sphere, that you would add to your ability to connect with. And then, you know, there was a stat done, I believe it was Tom Ferry that I saw it from, and he was talking about real estate in particular, but I guarantee you this applies to other industries, is like, the net worth of a real estate agent, what they made a year, yep. and their net worth was directly correlated to how big their database was. Yep. And people who were making like, a, that, that had like, what was it, like 100,000 people in their database were doing like $114 million or more in volume. And it's just like, and it walked down, it was like 10,000 people, it was like 20 to 30 million. It's like, so your database is your most valuable asset. Mm -hmm. So easy, five minutes every morning, at the very least, get on and start friending a few people and apply that to your business and it's a cumulative, or it's the, the sum of that small effort that at the end you'll have a thousand new connections, 2,000 new connections, that might turn into five, six, seven deals for you and can change your whole income. Remember, the difference between a top producer and a mediocre producer in every single business is top producers take action, so take action on that tip today.